podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to our first Wisden Ashes Daily Podcast from Lords. It's Australia's day. Uh, only five down at the close after after England won the toss and opted to bowl first on the cloudy skies with a pitch that was doing more than just a bit. But in Australia, are definitely on top, but it could have been so much worse had it not been for that double strike from Root late in the day. Yeah, it's just one of those stupid things that happens with this England team that you just got to give up trying to explain it. You know, it's, you can add it to what Harry Brook getting Kane Williamson in that uh in that crazy one-run win uh, at the end of the winter, you can add it to you know Usman Khawaja getting Yorks on one-for-one when Stokes makes the most obvious plan you can think of. You no, know, putting everyone in front of his like you know he's going to bowl a Yorker, and that's what happens. And yet he still tries to squeeze it out and gets bowled. Uh, you know they pick you know spinners who have you know no sort of form or you know record behind them. And they take sixes or fivers or whatever it is in Pakistan on you know on, on, on flat tracks that aren't offering them a huge amount. It's just what England do. Uh, and you know, and you know, Root's a good off spinner, right? We shouldn't, we shouldn't, you know, discredit Root in this. And the the first ball, especially, was was a nice piece of bowling. And I guess you can, that's what Travis Head's approach brings. Like there, there were singles on offer. He could have just uh, tucked it around all day, and he he would have been, you know, it was a very England dismissal, actually. Yeah, it was it was just an England four balls, actually. Like actually, you can, you can very much imagine uh, England's Cameron Green and Ben Stokes doing exactly that, right? Coming down the track, third ball to Nathan Lyon, and. Uh, and plinking him to mid on, except it was it was the opposite. And then, and then and yeah, that was the other thing that's so weird is because Australia have been so showily anti England this whole time, right? They uh, you know they they put a deep point out from ball one. They like in the press conference, like you know I- I England name a team, you know, two days out, and Australia like keep their cards so close to their chest. Uh, everything they've done is like almost to to make a point that they are the opposite of what this England team are. And for four balls, they kind of forgot that. And it, and it has brought England back into the game, even if Australia's still ahead. Mm. Um, that Chelsea podcast asked, was that the worst day of the Stokes-McCollum era so far? It, re- it really wasn't great. And even those two wickets, you can't really, you know, Root probably does head in the air a little bit, but you can't really attribute that to England uh, outdoing Australia at all. I, th- I thought England's seam attack were about maybe 60 70% all day, which isn't really good enough against a team like Australia. Broad and Anderson were, were decent enough with the new ball, but I think life was was relatively straightforward for Warner Kawaja given the conditions. There's that drop chance by Pope, uh, whose shoulder is potentially uh, a, pro- a problem for England for the rest of the Test match and the series. And then there was Robinson. I asked Crickviz about Robinson's pace. His average was down uh, about four mph in the morning session to comp- uh, compared to what it was across the entirety of the Old Trafford Test against South Africa last year. That's a big difference between averaging 83 miles per hour and 79 miles per hour. Tongue bowls some brilliant deliveries. You got the first two wickets, but even then, I thought he produced quite a few hit me balls and, and looked quite tired towards the end of the day. There were too many new, no balls again, and I think the really frustrating thing was that this morning, when I was walking into the ground, you hear that England have won the toss and bowling first. The conditions felt very Edge Baston 2015 or Trentbridge 2015 or Headingley 2019, where you felt that England could really run through Australia here if they got a few early wickets. And the frustrating thing is when. Smith and Lavashane came in, conditions had already begin, begun to get better for batting. So even though Austra- England aren't out of the game, you feel that they could have been miles on top given the conditions, given that they won the, 
toss. You know, who knows? We could be sitting here tomorrow and, Aust- and they've England and bowled Australia out for less than 400 and England start well and they're, they're still on top. But conditions were so good for bowling the start of the day in a way that it just weren't at all at Edgebaston that you feel like is it, it really is a big missed opportunity. It's definitely a missed opportunity. And overall, yeah, Australia have had the better day. But it's also worth remembering with this England team that they have they have had bad days under and, and you know, hold bad games under Stokes and McCullum. And actually, apart from that Pakistan tour, they actually haven't, you know, they haven't blown sides away through whole games that much. You know, like they chase some big totals and you chase big totals when you don't do that well in the first three innings. You know, in the first day on Trent Bridge, New Zealand made 318 for four. So that was, you know, okay, that was a better pitch, but that's still a worse day overall than this one after on the day two against India uh Bumra hit broad for the you know the world record runs in a test over and England were like 84 for five at the end of the day I think that's that's probably a worse day than this one um so they've had bad days and they've shown that they can also recover from that and also kind of shrug off bad days and make them not really feel like bad days like that was one of the weird things I remember in that actually in that India game that the end of day two you had to really like sort of like going on oh hang on England are really far behind this game that, that's 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 weird why, why doesn't it feel like they're far behind England haven't played very well and yet it somehow feels like they are still in it and in the end they yeah. kind of were and that's the same kind of thing here like you could sort of think oh hang on England are quite far behind but sort of feel still feel like there's a decent chance they could come back into it but I guess it was uh, a day where England weren't great but it had nothing to do with basketball some people almost leaping the opportunity when they see England do anything that's not great, they, they want to um, criticise the philosophy, the strategy behind what, what's made England successful over the last year. But this has nothing to do with basketball. It was as simple as the bowlers weren't hitting their areas well enough. I mean, Robinson is one of my favourite bowlers in the world. He's, you know, when you're down, your pace is down 5% in a, in a match as big as this, when the conditions are as good as that, that's not, not really good enough. And I think England were maybe slightly unlucky not to pick up one or two more wickets in the first two sessions. There were quite a few plays and misses. But overall, I don't think they can complain that much about the end of day situation. Yeah, I mean, so, Aust- I mean, there's a stat you can look at two ways. So Australia left, there was a script was posted that they'd left 30 balls in the first session, which is more than England left on the whole of the Edgebaston test, uh, which I think showed that England maybe weren't making Australia play enough. And the 31st ball they left <laughs> hit Kouadja's off stump. Yeah. So that, 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 that goes one of two ways. But yeah, I guess also the other thing, well, the other two things that are kind of anti-Basball about this. One is that in a way, the Basball thing to do would have been to pick Mark Wood, like England have at times said, you know, they're not really going to bother with wrestling rotation too much. If a, if they can get, a, you know, guys who are fit onto the park, they're going to do that and just pick the best they ha- attack they can for a given game, which is actively not what they've done here. They've held Mark Wood back to give him another one to get fit, which might be the smart thing to do, but it mm. is a bit anti what they've gone through so far. And also plans wise, right? Like, mm. uh, um, that was they, what was, they didn't really do anything funky all day. Yeah. That was what was so stark about the root thing was that felt really like just, you know, plod along until the new ball uh they didn't do the thing that they often do which is you know stick loads of men on the boundary start bowling mm. bounces they didn't you know have every, everyone in front of the bat which you know and sometimes you can criticize them for going to that kind of thing too readily and this pitch should have been the one where you can just plug away on off stump mm. for long enough and you will get your reward so you, in a way you can't blame them for that but it's also they didn't do that and that also didn't work for most of the day it could have been a lot worse for England. I mean, when Head and Smith were going, this felt like a day one in an Ashes in Australia. You know, England picking a slightly weird side, like, you know, as we said on the weekly pod, who would have predicted Josh Tongue to be in the England eleven for the Lords Test match? You've got bowlers who aren't 100% fit. 
and England have haven't quite made the advantage of the bowling friendly conditions at the start of the day and have been properly punished afterwards. You know, it could easily have been like three fifty for three at the end of the day. Then Rook sort of burgles two wickets in that over. You got that headless charge down the ground, and then the mother of all miscues from Green. Guess it got a few people wondering how how good is Root as an off spinner, because you almost wonder with the with the fitness concerns over a couple of bowlers in the England side, Anderson's forty one at the end of the month, Broad thirty seven. Can Root actually fulfil the the role as as the team spinner without leeching the side? Yeah, he's good and he's also improving a lot. I think actually. Uh... Like there's a reason why his average in Test cricket is still north of 40 with the ball. I think haven't checked mm. it since those two wickets today, but I'm about sure. 43, 44. Yeah, that, I mean, I mean that 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 is the average of a part timer, and yet you watch him bowl. Sometimes you're like, hang on, this guy is is better than that. And I think it is because he has just got better. He's got a nice action. Uh, he's able to. I mean, you can see it when he bowls those bounces. He can really drive the ball in in a way that you know good, like decent Test spinners do. And also, his his you don't hear as much talk about roots back these days i guess you know mm. since the weight of the world lifted off his shoulders uh when ben stokes took over the captaincy maybe that's less yeah, than that a bit point. but um but he seems just be yeah fitter batting as well as he ever has and and bowling as well as he mm. ever has too mark asks why the hell do we keep playing at lords we never win why can't we just tear it down it's a fair point england's record at lords really isn't very good and i know it's, it's particularly bad against australia i think they're just one test win against australia at lords in the last 90 years or something like that um but England, England have lost six tests at Lords in the last ten years. I know they play generally play two tests a year here, but it is a bit of a bogey round for England. Also got also got some trouble with some spectators at Lords, don't they? With the uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so we the... can't we, we can't finish the show without a nod to that iconic Bearstow manhandling of the Just Stop All protesters. Um, it did look like Bearstow had a very set plan for how he's going <laughs> to deal with them. He did, yeah. There, I think there was also a brief moment because Bearstow's a rugby fan. Uh, and it was a, it was a proper rugby tackle to begin with, but there was also a moment where you think like, oh, he could he could flip the legs up here and go for a sort of a a Brano Driscoll esque uh, or an, a tackle on Brano Driscoll spear tackle kind of drive, and, and obviously thankfully he didn't. But it was it was yeah, it, uh, what 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 a moment, and, and just the business like manner with which he marched a long way while holding a full adult human. It <laughs> wasn't small. Yeah, no, it was a, um, uh, yeah, incredible moment. Uh, so. so it, also, we should pay pay some tribute to the photographers who just oh, absolutely, absolutely incredible. nailed absolutely their brief incredible. there. Like uh, uh, Stu Forster and Ryan Pierce in particular. Uh, there's one I don't know how Ryan Pierce managed to get the one with the with the orange dust framing it so perfectly, but it's incredible. And then one, so that that's kind of like a poetically beautiful, just isolating Bearstow and the protester in like this sort of like in this maelstrom. And then you've got the the, the Stu Forster one just captures the chaos brilliantly with mm. Bearstow sort of on one Warner kind of like holding his bat out like a, a sort of defending himself in the background you've got Bairstow picking his guard over his yeah. shoulder yeah amazing at the end of the day uh, not a good day for England but in a very England under Stokes McCullum kind of inexplicably they're kind of in it like it really could be 400 all out they've still got the new ball only two or three ball overs bold pitch, with pitch it could so flatten far. out as well possibly yeah so yeah. Ac- actually in a Australia definitely on top but you know, at one point it looking like England maybe ten to twenty percent for the win when Head and Smith were batting together. But at the end of the day, maybe thirty to forty. Yeah, I'd say thirty-five percent is about where I'd stick it. Yeah, I mean, and hopefully just another another really good game. I think. Right, that's everything from day one at Lords. We'll be back tomorrow where we'll be joined by Butch.
Sports Social Podcast Network.